Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 152 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today's episode is going to be definitely an interesting one. As we are in the early days of 2023, I thought it was a great time to have an episode where it talks about and features things that can help your nervous system and how to regulate your nervous system. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. This is definitely a long episode. Um, But we just, the guest and I, uh, we just started talking about a lot of different things and ended up being a long episode. So it is what it is. Um, But we have Jackie Acree on the podcast today. And Jackie is an EFT practitioner and goal trauma coach. And she helps women tolerate the emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship. Like, how cool is that? Um, she's the founder of Being Human Together, which is an online course community for highly sensitive women who are exchanging old patterns of perfectionism and people pleasing for self compassion, emotional agility, and nervous system regulation. So she has a really cool experience and share, she'll share a lot of her perspective on things like manifestation culture, um, affirmations, and not in like the woo-woo sense, but in a more practical sense. So it's pretty interesting. Um, But we literally talk about a lot of different things in this episode, but it comes back to the emotional journey that entrepreneurship has on you. And again, what it does to your, your mind, your body, your nervous system. And there's a lot to it. And I remember like when we were recording, we recorded this episode a few weeks ago and I was sort of blown away after one that we could, we just talk a lot. <laughs> and two, um, the cool topics that we did talk about. So like, again, affirmations, um, gaslighting, like just how to self-regulate, just like a lot of cool little things. So I hope you love this episode as much as I did. And you can, yeah, today's a great day to grab a big coffee or a tea maybe and um, get started learning. So I'm excited for this episode. Definitely let me know what you think at the end. All right, let's dive into it. Welcome to the podcast, Jackie. I am so happy to chat with you. I'm so happy that we're finally not DMing all day, but we actually get to record a podcast. Everybody just gets to listen in on our beautiful conversations today. And the funny thing is here that we've already been chatting for 40 something minutes and we're like, okay, we have to just start recording. Um, I know it's, it's really just going to be like listening in on a couple of really brilliant, big hearted friends having a 
a really profound conversation with lots of laughter. I love it. So before we dive into some interesting things we're going to talk about, tell everyone a little bit like your name and, you know, anything you want to share about your business and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, yeah. So hey, everybody, I am Jackie. Uh, Acre is how you say my last name. Everybody says Acre. I can't do anything about it. So there it is. I actually live in Canada. I'm one of your Canadian friends. And I am an emotional freedom techniques practitioner. So it's a big mouthful. It's actually the abbreviated version. It's just EFT is the acronym, but it's more commonly called tapping. And it's a stress relief nervous system regulation tool, which I know you and I are going to get into like what the hell that even is. (laughs) Can't wait. That was a funny conversation we had uh, probably about a month ago. So yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I've got a husband, two sweet kids, a white picket fence. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a white picket fence, but I do have the best dog in the world. And I know you and I also have that in common. I love in your intro, it says that you also love books or uh, dogs and coffee and also books. I know you love books. And yep. so we just have this really, mm, I guess, intuitive connection that we immediately liked each other. So yeah, I'm really excited for this. Thanks for having me. Yay. I'm so excited. Um, so excited to chat. I mean, like officially, because so me and Jackie are in a group coaching program together and we started, I don't even know when we first started chatting. I think it was like literally the first call. Um, and I think it was like over a dog comment or something. I don't know. Um, and yeah, we chat a lot on Instagram. So we're excited to bring this to the podcast. Jackie specializes in something that um, I didn't really know what on earth it was. <laughs> I had to like Google it and I still don't really know. <laughs> so I'm excited for her to t- tell you more about it. Um, but we're going to kind of talk a little bit about like the emotional side of being an entrepreneur and sort of how that can affect you as product business owners, I know a lot of you are very stressed. I know when I had my product-based business, I was not in a good mental health state at all. And like, honestly, it's like when I look back at how I was, I'm surprised I didn't like give myself like a heart attack or something. I was not in a good state at all. Um, So we're going to kind of talk about that today and how someone like Jackie can help all of us. So I want to first start off with just, could you please define or explain what tapping is? Because I still like, do I literally am like, do you actually like tap yourself in the head with something? Like I have no idea what it means. So walk us through what that is and like, how does it help someone who has a business? Totally. That's what I was going to say. So let's even back it up a little bit further and talk about why this even matters. Like why somebody would want to keep listening. Okay. And you're right that the fact is that most of us are living chronically stressed. So our stress is more than we want it to be. And we're often um, quite like, it's like we live over there, right? In the nervous system um, response of fight, flight, a newer one that's called fawn, and then also freeze. Like we're really just living highly stressed out lives. And the cost of that, the stress itself isn't actually a problem. So as an entrepreneur with like big dreams, a high achiever, somebody who's really like a go-getter, or, you know, I know you love your business. Like I, when you had your product-based business, um, what was it called again? Dapper Dog Box, Dapper Dog Box. Yeah. Yeah. So with Dapper Dog Box, I remember you saying like you worked right from the beginning and then right up until you sold it, like um, it eventually, like you were doing everything and you were working all the time. Plus you were a new mom. So all of, of course that was stressful. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm not here to tell you, well, you shouldn't have done that. You took on too much. What were you doing, Carrie? That was a mistake. You loved it too, right? <laughs> like part of it was, I know she's like, well, some of it. No, like <laughs> when we, when, there are parts of our businesses that we love and we're doing them yeah. for a reason. And um, sometimes what happens is we just become overly familiar or habituated to how high our stress levels are, or we feel like we can't do anything about it. We're like, I'm, I, what am I supposed to do? I'm just stuck with like all of this. I have to keep going. Like, and we think yeah. it'll get better. It'll get better. It'll get better in the future. And it never does because we are, we're living in that stress cycle and we're not completing it and yeah. oscillating in and out. So what I mean by that is there's the sympathetic nervous system, which is where your stress response lives. And then there's the parasympathetic nervous system, which is okay. where you're like rest and digest. It's like where you restore yourself. That's where that lives. Mm. So we are designed to oscillate in and out of both of those systems, but most of us are living in that sympathetic nervous system response. So like I said, fight, flight, um, the way you could think about it is like, um, think about how your body feels, headaches, tension in the jaw, the neck, the shoulders, furrowed brow, um, you know, having upset GI issues, like, um, even just unexplainable chronic pain issues. Um, often the body is trying to give you an indication, like it's telling you, it's giving you a little like yellow flag. Like we need to pay attention. We're not getting enough restoration here. Something's happening. And you really want to pay attention to those little yellow flags before they become red. And so you tapping is a tool you can use to help you complete that stress cycle, to help regulate that nervous system system and oscillate in and out. It'll help you to handle your stress better. So one hour of tapping, one of the studies that's been done on tapping, one hour of tapping reduces your cortisol level, which is measurable in your saliva. You you have a reduction by, on average, 24%, but some people in the study had a, a reduction as much as 43% in their cortisol level. That's huge. That's a huge reduction and a really practical tool. So what actually is it? <laughs> you're like, I still don't even know. What is this? It is a self-applied tool. So yes, you as the client would be tapping on your actual physical body. And has anyone done like acupuncture? Have you ever tried acupuncture or acupressure care? No. Okay. So I feel like, I don't know if I could do that. Just all those needles. And I don't know if they actually hurt. Like, does the needle hurt going in you? I do not like freaking needles. I don't. I don't either. I actually love to say not done acupuncture. Yeah. (laughs) I've heard tapping described as like emotional acupuncture, but I always like to emphasize, but like without the needles. (laughs) I don't like needles either. I have actually had acupuncture and no, the needles going in in generally doesn't hurt at all. And it does feel amazing. It's really helpful. But um, if you're not an acupuncture person, the only reason I bring it up is because it's based on some of the same science with how the body works. So what we're doing when we're tapping is you're stimulating these acupoints that are on the body and Mm -hmm. by stimulating those. So you're tapping on them, which just gives us a little signal to the amygdala to lower that stress level. So Mm -hmm. what you'll notice as you're tapping is you'll notice things like, like a physical response, like yawning or, um, or general relaxation. You might feel sleepy at the end, maybe just really calm and grounded. And so that's the physical part of it. Okay. Tapping for an hour. It also um, regulates 72 genes 
like gene expression. So it upregulates some, downregulates others. So it's very, it's a, it's a physical process. However, it's married with the talk therapy component of processing your thoughts and your emotions, mm-hmm. which is why you and I are people who love this kind of a tool because we talk all the time. And so many people are verbal processors. Like I often say, like, I don't even know what I'm really thinking until I get it out. Like, it's like, I have to like test yeah. it and I'm like, oh, hmm, do I actually think that? Or what am I feeling? And when I'm saying it out loud or writing it down is another way of doing it, but you're, you're processing thoughts and feelings. And so what you're actually doing with tapping is you're stimulating these acupoints on your body with your fingertips. If you're working with a practitioner like me, I'm the guide, but you are actually doing the physical act of tapping. I do all my sessions over zoom and, um, or if you're using, um, like I have recordings you can follow. And so you can do this with an audio or a video and just follow along with someone else. Or if you know how to do it, you can literally just do it for yourself. You don't have to have a guide. And yeah. so you're talking about thoughts and feelings while tapping on these body points. Hmm. There is a framework that you follow. You want to always talk about the truth first. And that is one of the things I fell in love with tapping because I was very immersed in the whole toxic positivity movement. Um, in my younger years, I really got, I bought it all, like fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Like if you can just white knuckle your thoughts and think the right thing and, um, use, I used all the affirmations and they have a place. I'm not saying that you know she's laughing as we talked about this before. I'm not saying that affirmations are shit and you should never use them, but I wonder if your listeners have ever, or maybe have you ever tried to use an affirmation and then it didn't like work? I mean, no, I mean, yes and no. I feel like I've used affirmations very minimally, but I never, I'm not consistent enough. So I might like, I'm trying to think of one that I've said to myself after reading like Jen Sincero. I love, I don't know if you read her books. I love her. Like, I love that she's like a kick in the ass, but also not like too wooey. Like it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. like it feels like, okay. If I tell myself like, um, like she has one money one that I've actually said to myself a lot. And now I fucking forget what it is. God, idiot. Um, It comes up later, bring it up, but it's actually a good point because you just said something. You're like, I'm not consistent enough with them. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Like, yeah. So when we are trying to do our mindset work, I mean, how many of us as entrepreneurs have been told, well, your mindset is a huge part of your success and you have to master your mindset right? Mm-hmm. You got to, you got to have a strong mindset, better, like up your mindset game. We've all been told that, but when we're trying to do our mindset work through cognition only, so that's thinking. So we're only doing it through the brain. You're going to hit resistance. And the reason is because 80% of communication is coming from your body to your brain versus 20% of your brain to your body. So regulating the nervous system, it has to start in the body. So what I mean is like, let's use this example of some kind of a money um, mantra or a money affirmation. And by the way, I am so not woo myself. And if anyone is woo, like, yay, like I have no problem with someone else being woo. I'm just not that woo person. I always describe myself as woo skeptical. I'm like, I don't know. Like, can you show me some numbers or like, 
how does this work exactly? So I'm not yeah. the, I'm, I'm the woo skeptical gal. And I always joke that that's somehow inadvertently resulted in me being a go-to gal for like the science behind tapping, just because I, I fucking love it. <laughs> like if there's some evidence about why this works, the reason is because it helps me feel safe using the tool. I feel like, oh, okay. I understand how it works. I like to understand things. That's how I am. And I know that about myself. So, um, that's, that's, information I use to support myself, but the, the regulating the nervous system, let's think of a money mantra, maybe like money flows to me easily. Oh my God. That's the one that I say. <laughs> it is not. Are you for real? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's but really funny. But it's from, I'm pretty sure it's from the Jen Sincera book. Mon- money flows to me freely and easily. So that's the one that I will say to myself whenever I'm in a state of like, Okay, I need my I need to make more money. I'm not making enough money, which is pretty much always. Um, but yeah, that's the one. That is very interesting. Yeah, I've heard like from, I'm a money magnet. Um pretty sure so that one's from Jen Sincero. Yeah. There's well, I mean, I maybe she, she came up with it herself, but yeah, that's it's a very common money affirmation, right? Money flows to mm-hmm. me freely and easily. So So what we would do, here's how you use, instead of like shitting all over, oh, why affirmations don't work very well, which there are times when they do. So I'm not saying they never do or they don't for anyone, but maybe people have experienced affirmation work like I have and often found, like you said, like, unless I was white knuckling the affirmations and super vigilant about it, it, it was too easy to slide out of it. Because what happens is your brain is on a track, like your neurons are already wired together to believe a certain thing that probably is somewhat counter to the affirmation that you're saying. So let's use this money flows to me freely and easily thing. Like, do you, do you believe that a hundred percent? Like, yes, it always flows to me easily and freely. No. Right. That's the honest truth. Because I feel like you're, I feel like you're trying to convince yourself, like, oh, if I have, and I'm someone like I'm in between the wooey and like not believer. I'm somewhere in the middle because I do believe that if you, and this is probably what you're going to be like, no, I don't agree with that. But like, I do believe because I feel like when I had my business, the Dapper Dog, I was very negative mindset. The glass was fucking empty. The glass was always half empty. And I like that when I was talking on the Dapper Dog, you're like, no. Oh my God. But I had to re like, I literally had to retrain my brain. The year after I sold my business, I went through a lot of like, again, reading like the Rachel Hollis book, which we had a long conversation about earlier. Um, just all these different books that like kind of helped me retrain my brain into thinking like, no, positive. I'm going to think positive. So I'm a firm believer and I definitely talk about other podcasts, like, po- like the transformation that positive thinking can have because it really transformed me. And I, and I think the biggest thing is like, when you do think more positively, it doesn't mean that you're not a realist because I'm definitely a realist. I like things that feel tangible. And just because I tell myself, oh, money flows freely and easily to me, am I going to become a millionaire? My point is like, I do think that if you have positive thoughts, I do think it helps you because I know where I was in life versus where I am now. I am like a totally fucking different person. My like, holy crap, I was so negative. Everything wouldn't like, how could that work? That wouldn't work. This is why it can't work. And now even like I have a lot of issues with my husband because he's like that. The glass for him, the glass is empty always. And like if I present something, his first thought is, oh, 
like, here's why it doesn't work. And I'm the complete opposite now. I am like, there's a possibility in everything. There's like so much opportunity. Like I'm definitely positive, but not like out of touch with reality, if that makes sense. So I, anyway, I'm going to let you talk because I feel like I'm literally rambling in circles here. But I, just I love that you're bringing that this out. up because again, like it is something that people get wrong about me all the time. I am not saying that positive thinking isn't supportive or helpful or doesn't have its place. But in yeah. North America, for sure, we love our toxic positivity. Everything happens for a reason. Believe your affirmations and all good things will come together for you. You can be, do, and have anything you want if you just believe it long enough and like attract it to yourself. And I am telling you, it is bullshit, which now we might just have lost all your listeners for this episode. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. No, there is part of it. Different point of views. It's important, you know? It's not it the reason what I'm saying is there are things like systemic oppression that need to be considered. And it's just not that simple because we aren't coming into today with zero history. So what you're carrying into today is all of the things that have happened to you before today and all of the thoughts and the memories and the stored emotion that comes with those. And a lot of those things happen to build your brain and your nervous system when you were a child and it created a foundation for you. So a lot of our money stories, for example, come from our childhood experiences and, or maybe, you know, your, um, like you mentioned with uh, the Dapper dog box, like feeling at the end, really burned out. Yeah. So of course you were feeling really, really negative about it. Like that is so understandable. And the problem is that often we are judging ourselves instead of normalizing a human, having a human experience. Mm. Like when you have pushed yourself to the point that you did with that business, doing so much for so long, plus, like I said, as a new mom with a little guy, that is a lot for one human to handle. And so it's so understandable that you kind of like went off the rails a bit and got really negative for a while. So yes, some positive thinking can definitely be supportive to help you pull out of that. And the reason positive thinking works. So let's give a nice big check mark in the box of positive thinking. One thing that's really important to know about the brain is there's something called the reticular activating system. I think we talked about this in one of our DMs. Oh, yeah. And I was this like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what that system. means. Yeah. You're like, what, what the hell is that system. now? Like, what? I don't know what, I don't know what any of this stuff is. I am not smarter than a fifth grader when it comes to this. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, so the reticular activating system, it's just a filter. It's your brain's way of filtering out information because right now, even in this moment, all of us, people listening, you and I, as we're recording this in real time, we're all being bombarded with so much information through all of our senses. So there's like sight, sound. Um, Obviously there is even some taste if you actually put your attention there, smells, sensations on your body. And we have to filter out that information to tell, like to know what is important to us to notice right now. So for example, I wear glasses. I never feel them on my face because my body is like, well, that you don't need, like, we already know that we're habituated to that. You don't need to think about that right now. 
or my dog's at my feet. I'm not paying any attention to her at all. Like she's filtered out. I'm focused on you, but I tell you, like if she puked right now, my attention would go to her. <laughs> and it actually happened when she threw up on my feet during a, during a zoom call. That <laughs> oh <my laughs> no, does not happen very often, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like your body is just like filtering, filtering, filtering. Your, your brain is filtering because you're only focused on what's important to you. So here's again, how affirmations yeah. work is what you're doing with an affirmation is you're telling your brain, this is important. Notice this. And you're so right. So much is possible. So much more is possible than we're generally aware of. And if we're really conditioned or stuck in a negative thought loop or a negative pattern, even unconsciously, which is usually where it is, by the way, the unconscious mind is 90 to 95% of our brain. 90 to 95%. So, and on average, we have between like around like 60,000 thoughts per day. So like how many of those are negative based on unconscious patterns? A lot. A lot. lot. So what you're doing with an affirmation is you're trying to inject a positive affirmation to hopefully cue the reticular activating system to look for evidence that, that, that it's true. You're trying to now also use confirmation bias. So um, money flows to me freely and easily. Repeat, 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 affirm, 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 write it down. I used to have my affirmations laminated on cardstock in my shower. I'm going to repeat them to myself right in the shower. So that I get like start my day with these affirmations. And then ideally what happens is your reticular activating system, your brain is going to go out into the world and look for evidence that that's true. Mm-hmm. And so money flows to me freely or, and easily, or even for me, it's like, I appreciate money or I say thank you to money. Like I really do love to be aware of, um, just how much money gives me in my life. So like when I buy a coffee or when I'm um, when I buy a bully stick for the dog or, you know, all of these things that money gives us this freedom to choose certain things. Like instead of looking at the scarcity of where I don't have enough money, mm-hmm. try to remind myself to look for where I have more than enough. Like look at how money is always supporting me. So that is a really healthy way to use affirmations. However, how we're often using them as entrepreneurs is number one, like you said, there is a lack of consistency. And so the reticular activating system, unless you're really putting that in, if the unconscious belief is like, well, that's bullshit, that's not true then you're going to find resistance to it. It's like you're going to be looking like for evidence that it's not true instead of that it is. So that can be a little bit of a hiccup with using an affirmation. And the other problem with affirmations is we unintentionally gaslight ourselves when what we want didn't come true. So I, so I have a, a program called Goal Trauma Summer Camp is usually when I run it. And what we're doing in that program, it's a group coaching program. I also do this work with one-on-one clients. Like we're really undoing that unintentional gaslighting where we blame ourselves. Like I'm the problem. Mm. The reason I didn't get Nemo Bay, the reason I didn't win Nemo Bay is because I didn't believe it strongly enough. I didn't attract it to myself. Like I should have done my affirmations more consistently. (laughs) I know it's a funny little example because it's such an easy thing to let go of. It's like, oh, I didn't win the contest, whatever. But what if it's something that's more like we're business owners, we have these big goals, like income goals, revenue goals, and we're doing everything that we can to try to meet these goals. And then we fall short. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there are systemic things that might be happening that might impact that. We do have some control, but we do not have unlimited agency. I mean, we have certainly experienced our lack 
of of agency with the pandemic, for example. Like we can't choose everything, right? And so, or maybe it's like going to just take longer. Like we've been told to set our goals in certain timelines, or maybe we just wanted to set it in a certain timeline, whatever. Like I have my 2022 goals. Well, you know, what if I hit that goal, but not until July of 2023? Mm -hmm. What tends to happen is people feel very disappointed, anxious, um, frustrated, could be angry. Like we have all of these emotions in our business and we often then judge ourselves. I didn't do enough. If only I had worked harder, if only I had believed better, I should have bought that program. I should have listened to that person. I didn't implement enough of that. Like we're very judgy. And unfortunately the judgment is going to give you the exact opposite of what you want because it puts you into a don't, don't, don't stress response. It, our self-judgment will put you into your stress response. That makes sense. Yeah. And I feel like so many people listening are like just what you said about like the goal setting, which I have my own issues with goal setting because I'm often the one who like I remember my first year in business, I set this ridiculous goal and in hindsight and I still haven't fucking hit the yearly goal. I'm like, why did I? I don't know. I feel like there's there's like you set a goal in mind that's going to challenge yourself. But if you don't hit it, like it's also okay. Like the world isn't going to end because you didn't hit your goal. And I feel like we we kill ourselves after like, oh, my God, well, he hit his 500,000 revenue goal per year, but I didn't. My business sucks. Like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because I think we all will just kind of attack ourselves by not hitting goal. But I don't know. Anyway, keep going. I wanted to like interject. No, you're so right. And it's very deflating. So when like the reason I use tapping with my clients is my main modality is because when we can tell the truth, this is what I was saying earlier. So you start with telling the truth. And I had asked you, like, do you believe money flows to me freely and easily a hundred percent? You're like, well, no. Okay. So what we do with tapping, because you want to believe it though. Yeah. Like yeah. it would be lovely if you could actually believe that's true and just be like mm-hmm. skipping through life. Like money does flow to me freely and easily. And most of the time like, I actually believe it. But. I think we think with affirmations, if we tell ourselves enough, it will just happen. But I think we, but I think we, uh, like, from your perspective, like, we don't, like, that you have to believe it 100%. And if you don't believe it, like, does that mean, yeah, like, there's so many things with it. Um, Okay. Your core beliefs are going (laughs) to impact your experience of your life and the results you get. It's coming from this, like, unconscious framework of how you see the world. Is the world safe or unsafe? Is it supportive or unsupportive? Does money flow to me freely and easily or is it really hard to get money? Yeah. Like, it impacts everything. And it's all unconscious and it's all happening in the background. And so if you can impact, um, if you can choose the beliefs that you really want, Mm -hmm. that's going to really, really significantly impact the results that you experience. But like I said, you didn't get to choose the beliefs to begin with. Yeah. They're coming from your childhood experiences as your brain was growing and developing and perceiving the world around you. So now as an adult, what a lot of people come to me to work with is like, as an adult, I could tell you that like, yeah, money is like always supporting me. Like, I'm so grateful for all this money that I have in my life. And 
you know, yeah, like, look at me. I like, I get a new client every day, like whatever. I don't know. Like I can say like, yeah, but how I feel in my life sometimes is shit. Like we're in the middle of like massive inflation and this is kind of scary and gas and groceries are expensive. Or maybe as an entrepreneur, you're like, when's my next sale coming in? Like if things are lean, like we all have a sales cycle. Sometimes we go through a month when it's like a little leaner than, um, a a better month. And you can sometimes feel really triggered by that emotionally. You're like, Oh no, this is going off the rails. Like what's going to happen. And then you, we tend to then do more. We're like, okay, I'll better hop in the hands through. I got to do more. Yeah. Really? Wouldn't it feel? I'm dying laughing. That's so me. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it's all of us, right? It's all of us. And it feels really, really good to be able to relax into the cycles in your business and know that, oh, this is an expansive cycle. This is a cycle I'm putting more work into the like foundation. And maybe I'm not seeing as much later. Like you and I were just talking before hitting record, like I'm going to be doing my own podcast in 2023. And, you know, like knowing that that eventually will connect to revenue, I'm sure at some point, but not for a while, probably. And like, just being able to trust that process and then enjoy it. Like, don't we have these businesses so we can enjoy our lives, like, and the business itself in some way. So I was listening to your episode, um, from September, the one about mindset and anxiety, and you were kind of having like a shit week before you recorded the episode. And so you're like, let's talk about what do you do when you're having like a hard day and when things feel really hard. And you were talking about comparison partly in the the first part of the episode. Look, we all compare like that is so normal, right? Like as an entrepreneur, it's so relatable to think like, oh yeah, like looking at everyone else's businesses and how much better they're doing than mine. And then what do we feel as a result of the comparison? Yeah. Really shitty. Right. And then it can kind of like downward spiral if you're in just a bit of a downturn or like I said, a growth, a growth period, but like growth under the surface, like it's still growing, but you're not seeing the results yet. And so comparison, like normalizing comparison, like this is one of the things I'm doing all the time with myself and with my clients, normalizing, being a human, having a human experience. So comparison, we are biologically hardwired to compare. It's just part of our evolutionary brain process. Like you literally can't not do it. So accepting that to start. Yes. And here's another really cool, interesting thing. According to physics, like just the physics of how grass grows, it literally looks greener on the other side. Like from the angle that you're standing at, if you look down at your grass and you look over the fence at your neighbors, it will literally look greener. Really? Yes, I know. I heard that from, who did I hear that from? I think it was <laughs> Brene Brown. Brene Brown was interviewing. And if I could tell you who he was, it was a man. I'm sorry that I can't give him the credit for it. But I do remember being like, holy shit, that's so interesting. Like it's all perception. Mm-hmm. It's all perception. And this is what we're talking about with the brain. Like if it's your perspective, if your perspective is, well, the grass looks greener over there, doesn't it just feel so good to be able to say like, that's because it is. Like it, it, it literally looks greener. Like it, sorry, I want to correct that. It doesn't mean that it is greener. It means it looks greener. I'm just seeing it that way. Right. So like, okay. Like, do we judge ourselves for other things that we're biologically hardwired for? Like the innate love that you and I have for our kids? Like, are we judgy on ourselves on that? No, biologically hardwired or like we're biologically hardwired to, 
I don't know, you know, you're driving and you get, you like have a close call with an accident. You get that like gut, like that whole heart, like (gasps) that reaction. We don't judge ourselves for those things. So why are we judging ourselves for comparing? Because it feels bad and we don't know what to do with the emotions that come with it. That's why we're attaching meaning to it. We're like, well, I feel really shitty though. Like, look at how much my business sucks compared to theirs. And now I feel frustrated, disappointed, scared. I'm afraid I'm going to be a failure. I'm afraid this is never going to happen for me. I'm afraid that I've put all of this effort in and I'm never going to get there. Like whatever it is. And we're not taught how to regulate those emotions. And that is honestly the sticking point with enjoying your business and eventually getting where you want to go. Because part of the entrepreneurial journey is learning to tolerate the emotional roller coaster. It is inevitable. The Mm -hmm. uncertainty, the um, trial and error involved, like the inevitable failure that we will all experience at some points in our business. And yet we've been told failure is bad. So not all of us, there are people out there like Sarah Blakely. she She was conditioned by her dad to act like every day at dinner, Sarah's dad would ask her, how did you fail today? So she was conditioned to like reticular activating system, look for an opportunity to try and fail because the trying is how you learn. It's the failure as a teacher, right? So she was conditioned to be the opposite. Interesting. Look at her with spanks, like look at her go, right? But most of us have been conditioned to believe whether through our parent figures or maybe definitely through the school system, failure is bad. Don't fail. So as an entrepreneur, when you inevitably have to experience some failure, I mean, it's just part of success. Failure is part of the journey towards success. How else do you learn? Like it's part of the journey. We have to be able to tolerate the emotional experience of failure. But if you're not conscious about it and it's in there in that unconscious framework and you're like, failure feels awful. I can't be a failure. Then what do you do? Like that's, so that's where, that's where the learning is. Like, that's where the opportunity is to say, okay, I'm going to deal with that and watch ease, watch ease start to flow. That's where the ease is is when you can tolerate the emotional roller coaster. That's so interesting. I feel like there's so much to unpack what you just said, but when you said that, I like wrote it down on my notes. Um, Cause I'd like to write down little timestamp so I can then use these for like my Instagram video things. Anyway, side tangent. Um, I remember Pat. I Hopefully, was, we haven't lost everybody by now. When I told them that I thought positive, what did I say that I was like, "Oh, people are going to hate me for this one." But the affirmations are positive. Positive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, you guys are still here and listening. Um, positive thinking has a place. It can be helpful. It's certainly um, what I think is interesting about the positive thinking conversation is it's like we think that it's just positive or negative. Like you're just one or the other. And so again, what tapping is there to do is allow you to have it all. Yes, a hundred million percent. We want to move towards more positive. Um, we want to move towards gratitude and appreciation and expansiveness and abundance and uh, joy and delights and fun. Is a, Fun is my core desired feeling in my business. I want my business to feel fun. If it feels fun, I will show up and do it. So in all my things, I'm like, how can I bring a feeling of fun? Like my definition of fun, how can I bring that in? So yes, we want the positive, but when we ignore or suppress or try to bypass the truth of the negative that is there, 
Mm-hmm. It's like you're going, it's going to stick around until you can acknowledge it. It doesn't go away. It just stays there. And now you're ignoring it, which requires energy. It's why people get burned out. You got to be able to process it and then let it go. And once you give it acknowledgement, acceptance, you can say, okay, like it's gone. Like it just leaves because it had its say. Emotions are simply information. It's literally all they are. They're just little data points. Doesn't mean you have to do what they say, but you are allowed to feel them. End of rant. (laughs) No, I just feel like I have. Can you walk us through an example? Like, so people listening here, they have, you know, they're, they're going to the post office every day. They're packing orders. They are dealing with things that we don't have to necessarily deal with having like a coaching service-based educational business. Um, and I remember like the, it's kind of like traumatic. I literally feel like I have traumatic issues with the post office. Like if I see a post office, my inside still, like I feel like a flare up a little bit because I spent three years of my life packing orders, going to the post office multiple times per day sometimes always in a stress release or not stress, stress response of like, I have to get someone's order out. Oh my God, someone ordered today. And then especially when I started um, um, shipping orders on Amazon, which you have to get out like immediately. And if it's not, you're like my account almost got taken down once because I forgot to send out some orders and they will close your account down. So I feel like when I still see the post office, I feel like an internal reaction and it's not a good one. And it's like, I've sold my business. I think it'll be four years now, almost. It still yeah, triggers it's stored me. in there. Like it is stored. Yeah. Remember we were talking before we hit record that trauma isn't what happens to you, but it's your experience <laughs> of what happens. And then if you don't deal with it, it gets yeah. stored, right? It's like still yeah. there. Um, or you and I both love dogs. So it's like the Pavlov's dog thing. Like you've been conditioned now to have a stress response with the post office. And even though that, um, (laughs) like the reason, because it was a valid thing. That's the first thing, like just acknowledging like, yeah, that's valid to be stressed. Like that's a lot of pressure on a person instead Mm -hmm. of like invalidating and saying like, well, but why didn't you handle it better? And like, really, like you always got it done. It always worked out. And like, like you control what you control and let's let the rest go. Like, Okay, true, but your experience of it is like super validating that that is a high pressure experience. So that's the first thing you want to do for sure is like self compassion. Um, now that it's not real anymore, what we would do with tapping is actually use the tool to like bring that traumatizing memory to your mind. Now, I want to be really mindful here when I'm saying traumatizing, like we're kind of talking about like little t trauma, right? Like there's big t trauma and then there's yeah. little t trauma. So little t trauma is like, yeah, it's just, I, I hope everybody kind of gets the context of that, but it's like, we we both know the post office isn't actually going to attack you. Yes. Like there wasn't a real yeah. threat to your physical body, right? But yeah. your, your body was perceiving like there's a threat here because of the stress response. Mm-hmm. And so with tapping, you would be talking about all of your thoughts and feelings connected to the post office while tapping. Like I would walk you through that and we would go through the layers of it together. So like, like just for an example, to try and make it in real time. Um, What's like, what are the feelings that come up for you with the post office? Like, how do you feel? I feel, it just makes me feel anxious. I don't know beyond anxious, but like, it's just, I hate it. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I, I literally don't go to the post office anymore. I used to go so often that now I almost never go. And to the point of like, I will, and I know a lot of people do this in general, but like I will have a package that I have to drop off and I'll leave it on my front door sitting in front of my door and I, it stays there for weeks or it sits in my car for weeks. I just like av- purposely avoid, I know I have to go, but I purposely avoid going to the post office. So. Right. So that's your flight or even maybe a freeze response. It's the stress response. You're avoiding yeah. an otherwise neutral. Yeah. Like it's not a positive or a negative thing. It's just a neutral task that you have to do as an adult. Sometimes you have to go to the post office and you're avoiding it. So we all do those things like yeah. avoiding things. Um, like that's what procrastination is. Procrastination is a stress response, but we judge ourselves for it. We're like, I'm a procrastinator. And then we over identify with it. Or we're like, again, comparison, like I'm such a procrastinator or I procrastinate all the time, but all these other people are like killing it. So it's my fault that my business sucks so bad because I'm such a procrastinator. Well, we're just, we procrastinate when we feel stressed. We're disengaging from the thing because we're trying to avoid that stress response. So you can use tapping in a really practical way to just move yourself into feeling like the word I want to use is safe, like safe enough in order to like expand your comfort zone. So we're told all the time to get out of your comfort zone. So in this example, like I'm like, well, then just go to the post office, get out of your comfort zone, Carrie, like just go, Mm -hmm. why don't you just go? Like, because it feels awful. Like your body is freaking out. You feel anxious. Like, of course you're avoiding going. So you could expand it by like, exposure therapy. (laughs) Do you like try to make it into like a positive experience now? And I feel like a post office is kind of a bad example. I was just trying to tricky one because it's a very, it's a very specific memory. And when you're doing memory work, it's pretty um, one-on-one and like, that's a different kind of work, but let's, can we use the money flows to me freely and easily? Cause I think that's really generic and easy for everyone to relate to. And I mean, like I even came up with the affirmation, like that's the one I'm like, yeah, we all, because we all want that one. (laughs) funny. (laughs) What you do is I I asked you already. I'm like, do you believe it hundred percent? You're like, no. And so then I will ask you, um, so like what percentage do you believe that right now? Zero to hundred percent. If it's not a hundred, what is it? Um, And not in your mind, by the way, I want to be clear. Not like how much do you like cognitively believe? Well, yeah, money flows to me freely and easily, but if you can like try to feel it in like feel for like resistance in your body or like a gap in your body, like where your body's like, no, that's not I like good. instantly feel resistance physically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to say like 60% because I want to believe 60%, <laughs> but I'm such a, like, I really am. I'm, I'm very much like a realist person, but yeah. more on the positive side, not like I don't know. I just, I and you know, it's not a, like the, again, the number is literally, you just go with your intuition, which you and I've talked about lots of times in the DMs, like we're both very intuitive. So you just go fine. 60%. It doesn't, it's not yeah. perfect. It's not like the number is going to determine yeah. um, how I like 60% results. 60% is fine. Yeah. So then um, in the, between the, in the gap of 60% to hundred percent, mm-hmm. like I, I don't believe it because like, how would you finish that sentence? Money doesn't flow to me freely and easily because. Because I, um, probably because I feel like I have to constantly do new things to receive it. Does that make sense? Yep. And so good response. Yeah. I, again, they're all good. Like, I feel like I have to work real, and I don't like to use the word working really hard because I think that's a very like 
I don't actually believe you have to work hard to make money. I a hundred percent don't believe that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the reason I think I don't believe money flows freely to me because it because I think it doesn't. <laughs> Because I feel like it doesn't like I feel like I always have to think about work and work a lot. And like, I don't know, I feel like I'm not giving the right response here. But um, no, you're giving an honest response. Like this is modeling it for people in real time. I just feel like you have to be like honest, like, okay, I can say, oh, yeah, money flows freely to me. I do think like, I get money notifications all the time, but I've also put in fucking years of effort to get there. It isn't like I've manifested it from thin air and oh, I'm going to be a millionaire in two months. Like, I'm just going to keep manifesting that. Like, I just think that kind of stuff is bullshit. But I've also put in the work so I can make money freely and easily, sort of. Like, you know, for example, I just got a notification last night that I made $12 on Etsy. I sold a digital product. And then I got a notification today that like my membership renewals are going through. So like, I've put in work to be able to make money, but do I think it comes, do I think it's easy? Like. Yes and no. I don't know. This is an interesting question. I like it. It is an interesting question. Better than the post maybe. office. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I think what's really, really insightful, which is super fun, and I I'm, I guarantee that you and I are going to talk about this again after this episode is done recording. We'll get into the DMs and be like, ooh, because it's very, um, again, like think like I'm trained to hear the... Um, like opposing or the conflict. Like I'm, so you're saying like, no, I fully a hundred percent believe you don't have to work hard to make money. But Mm -hmm. if we were to rewind and just listen, like a lot of what you just said is like, I put in all the work, I put in all this effort. It's working hard. So there's probably some little, um, like I said, like an unconscious pattern, like most of you, and we also do parts of self-work which I am obsessed with, but we can't really get into that today. So, but there there's, let's say most of you, maybe I'm just playing with this. Maybe I'm not hundred percent correct. So in a session, we'd be really digging into this, but like for now, like most of you really does believe you don't have to work hard to make money or for money to come to you easily and freely. Like you don't have to work hard. Most of you believes it, but is there this little part of you that still has this belief? Like, but I do have to work hard or I have to put in the effort or I have to put in the time to make the money. It doesn't just come to me freely and easily. And again, that could be related to, it could be related to a childhood model that like you watched and saw them doing it. And so now you're like, well, you kind of have to, um, or so you might have an unconscious awareness of that. Mm -hmm. or it could also be just from your dapper dog box experience and how like we've talked about that the little t traumatizing experience of how hard you had to work for that business like you do you have to work hard no but you did work hard and it was really traumatizing in the end yeah and I think too like my thoughts on like you don't have to work hard to make money and I do believe it but I also think you have to the work has to have been put in. Like I've been doing this shit now for almost seven years. And I've also had a career, you know, like a pro- I didn't just like, oh, gr- I graduated college and I started my own business, you know, coaching yeah. people. Like I actually had a proper career for a long time and I worked in marketing and I've had like a lot of experiences. But when it comes to like the business stuff, like I feel like I've made a million mistakes, a million, which is why I'm very honest about my mistakes always. Um, But I've also been putting in the work this last year to simplify my business, even though my business right now is not simplified in any way. 
but I'm working towards it. I'm working towards building a simplified business so I can enjoy my life. Like, you know, you talked about like the fun part of your business. And I, I could not agree with that more. And I'm really leaning into that for 20, like my business for 2023 is going to be totally different than what I've been doing. And I'm trying to simplify it. And I'm trying to like build like a couple programs that run really well, not having to do all the hustle shit. So in that sense, I feel like I've been putting in the work for years now to be able to like sell courses passively or yeah. sell my um, digital products on Etsy. So I think that's where my probably issue or thing is, is like I've put in years of work so I can finally like so money flows freely to me. But I don't just believe it. Like if you just start your business next month, is money going to flow freely and easily to you? No, maybe, but probably not. So part of me thinks you have to put in the the put put in the work, which that might be a conflict here, which it probably yeah, is. Yeah, it could be a conflict. And I think it's we're amazing. used to like we we're used to being like, oh, you have to work a nine to five job, you have to work for like, and I did that for over ten years, you know, over ten years of the nine to five. The uh, let's not t- let's not forget about the hour long commute to the office, and you know, you have to work from like you know eight to five and that is working really hard. Like it's also sounds horrible now. Um, Like, and I don't mean horrible that you have to work a nine to five, but like I horrible in the sense of like a lot of people listening have to work nine to five and do their product business on the nights and weekends. Like that's really, really hard. Um, I think that's my belief when it comes to like money flows really easily, but you don't have to work hard to make money. <laughs> it's so contradictory. And I'm realizing as I'm talking, it's like I'm totally contradicting myself. But I think part, like I said, I think part of the reason I think at some point you don't have to work hard to make money because you've put in the work. You've, you've built, you've, you're putting in the, like you're laying the brick or whatever. You're laying the foundation or something. I don't know. Does that make sense? But yeah, I like to hear your thoughts on this because I, now I'm like, oh, Maybe I do need to book a session with you. And I feel like there's so many issues I could talk about. Um, <laughs> never mind. It's, I'm dying. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, but this is what it's like. This is, I, I think you're really beautifully modeling it because we do have all of these swirling thoughts and emotions. And when you start to pick them apart it's like so clarifying you get so much clarity onto what you actually what you want to believe it but maybe don't and so where you're getting some resistance remember you said you felt resistance in your body mm-hmm. so resistance yeah. is information so we kind of start to play with that be like well what does that information mean like what 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 is this telling me um and then the way you use tapping with it is we just tap throughout the session like i would use i would gather some of what you've offered and then guide you in processing it and then well because right now you and i are just talking i mean this podcast format we're just talking but when you're using tapping while you're doing this process because mm-hmm. you're this is the science of how it works in your body because you're calming that stress response so it really starts to help things settle and it brings the part of your brain online that does offer you logic, rational thinking, problem solving, solution oriented uh, perspective, like all of these things that we really need in our businesses and we want 
to be able to use. And they are part of us, but sometimes it's so muddled in there. It's like kind of muddy and like, uh, and can get very emotional, like it gets clogged up in there. And so we just kind of clear it out a little bit. It's tapping as a disruptor for the patterns that we're continuing to live with a little, like with a little or a lot of lack of awareness. Like we're just not even clear. Like perfectionism is one of them. People pleasing, um, mm-hmm. trying to prove ourselves all the time. We're always like wanting to perform. Yeah. Um, perfectionism is something we're working with in one of my group programs in this last month. And it was funny. It's really funny because it's such a sticky one. It's like, mm-hmm. um, well, it's just high standards. Like I just have really high standards. And oh this one, um, yes. one gal in the program, I loved her honesty. She's like, no, I really see perfectionism as a virtue. And so here's the thing. Look, if the belief is serving you and you like it, you get to keep it. But maybe there's a place in your life that is actually creating, um, it could be creating, you know, it could be creating relationship problems or uh, procrastination. Like maybe it's keeping you stuck in some way. And so I do have really high standards in my business actually, and for myself, Um, but I'm not a perfectionist anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is for me was an important distinction. So I was able to process and let go of the driver of perfectionism mm-hmm. and get to keep what I, because my high standards are part of my values. I just, yeah. that's important to me. And so I keep that part and let go of the rest, which was triggering a stress response, right? Yeah. Perfection, because it's an unattainable goal. There's something that I wanted to make sure that we covered, and I know that we're probably almost out of time. So can we talk for a moment about dog walking? Yeah. And here's why. I want to to talk about dog walking because (laughs) I was listening to that podcast. Remember, I was telling you when I listened to your podcast in September about like mindset and one of the, you were giving great suggestions on like, what do you do when you're having a hard time, like emotionally and struggling a bit, right? especially in the comparison, you were kind of in that comparison mode. And so you were recommending finding an activity that you love and making sure you do it. And I loved how you said like dog walking is part of my business. Yeah. It's part of my work day because I'm identical. Like I'm exactly the same. I, I never miss a day um, with my dog and you were describing it so beautifully how, when you're walking, like you're like, it's in my mind, like my thoughts, I get these great ideas, my thoughts kind of clear. And mm-hmm. it's, the reason I wanted to circle back to this as we close the episode is because remember that regulating your nervous system, tolerating the emotional roller coaster, it is a key part of your entrepreneurial journey. You need to master that skill. It is important. And it has to start in the body because the body is 80% sending messages to your brain to the, for the 20% from brain to body. And mindset work tends to go in through the brain. We're doing a lot of cognition. This is why we got onto the po- positive thinking, the affirmations track. Like this is the whole conversation. So it's kind of circling back to this. And dog walking is an example of how you regulate your nervous system through the body. It's actually you're when, with dog walking, you're doing mindset work believe it or not. I didn't know that. Yeah. Or I never like put that to, I mean, it makes sense because I making my mind feel better or like more calm. 
Yes. You're regulating your emotions. You're processing. You said, I come back, I feel better. Mm-hmm. So it's bipedal movement. It's called so like moving our, our arms and our legs, right? Bipedal yeah. movement. Um, it's extremely regulating for the nervous system. It's mm-hmm. integrating things. And you're also active. You're actively resting. So there's something called active rest. It's one of the processes in our brains. So, you know, when you're like trying to solve a problem, like maybe you're sitting at your desk again, think as an entrepreneur, you've got some kind of, for me, it's often tech. Like I'm sitting there trying to get tech to work, like putting thing automations together or zapping this or that or whatever. Like it just is so like, and you get into the weeds of it and you're really trying to solve so something. Yeah. Yes. And you're getting like more and more. And like, if you took a moment to actually notice how you're feeling in your body, if there's probably a lot of tension, rigidity, like I can feel it. It's what we're talking. Like it just kind of comes up and like the thoughts in the brain are kind of like, Oh, like you get kind of angsty about it all. Right. Yeah. So if we give ourselves permission or freedom, whatever works better for you for the word, I use both in my tapping sessions, but give yourself the permission or the freedom to walk away for a while and do something that's regulating. So it's active rest is when you give your brain a chance to just like work on the problem in the background without you actively thinking about it. So um, showering, driving, walking, cooking for some people, something like that, where you're not like you're resting the brain, but in the background, your brain is still going to be working on solving that problem for you. And so has that ever happened where you're like, you get just like the best idea when you're on your dog walk or for me, it's oh, definitely yeah. in the shower as well. The walk is the best thing for me. That's when I get my best ideas or things click together. There's like an integration where it just goes click, click, click. And you're like, ah, oh, yes, yep. that's the thing. That's the title yeah. that I want to use, or that's the way I'm going to do that. Or so you're right. You were, su- it was such good advice that you gave for people to, build that into their entrepreneurial, um, schedule and routine. Mm -hmm. It's a critical piece of building your business. Um, and often we feel like we can't because there's too much to get done. The to-do list is too big and I can't, I don't have any time, Jackie. I can't do that. It doesn't even have to take a long time. Like it's okay. If it's not an hour, like, could you do five minutes to start? All or nothing thinking is like black and white thinking. Again, is it's a signal that you're dysregulated because it's in in that part of our brain that has the rational, the logic, the perspective. That is not an all or nothing thing, right? Like we're able to see nuance. So if you're in black and white, you're probably in the part of your brain that's dysregulated. And it's a really good time to say, I'm going to step back from this for a moment and do something that will bring you back into regulation. I love that so much. And thank you for the nice words about that episode. I did love that episode. Um, definitely probably one of my my favorite ones I recorded because, I don't know, I just like to share stuff that works for me and it's like real. It's not like, oh, I manifested this. It's just like going to walk and clear your fucking head full of shit that, you know, we have to deal with from having our own business. Like, I think oftentimes we... And I talk about this all the time on my podcast, all the time. Like, I hate people on YouTube. It's like the the 
the bro, what are they called? Like the man, like the bro dudes. What am I talking about? I keep, why? Yes. I I was literally in my head. I was like, I I kept thinking bromance. And I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to think. Bro marketing. (laughs) Bro marketing. They're like, oh, I can help you launch a business in one week and you're going to make seven figures in your sleep. Like all that kind of crap. And I think so many of us follow these morons on YouTube, on Instagram. We're constantly like whether it's bro marketing or like girls doing it, they're both just as bad. But like, you know, the oh, I'm going to make passive income in my sleep and be a millionaire after one week. Like it's not real. But I think so many of us watch these people and unconsciously we we believe them. We want to believe people. And well, we think they're actually work. doing it. We think they're doing yeah. it. We're like, well, but they are doing it. They figured it out. They cracked the code. Yeah. Oh my God. If I hear one more person say I cracked the code, I'm yeah. going to move it. But it like doesn't work. And then we yeah. and then we we kill ourselves trying to do it. So for me, I always want to just share regular stuff that like has worked for me. And like the dog walking thing for me has like, I'm not even joking. I think it has changed my entire business. What has changed my business is not like, oh, I'm a Facebook ads funnel expert. Like, you know, none of that shit. It's literally a non-business thing that has made my business a million times better. And like the and and I learned that from a mastermind that I was in. I spent, you know, yeah, I remember. my $30,000 mastermind that I joined, the biggest thing that helped me actually was not a business thing at all. It was the first call I ever had with him. What What do you like to do in your free time? And I remember literally like pausing and being like, oh, free time, personal life. Let me think. Like I had no idea. Like how that's very sad when you your business is so entwined with your self-identity that like you forget what you like outside of working. And I was like, oh, my, my dog walk. A lot of people probably feel that way. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my dog. I love walking my dogs. And, and as I said it, I was again, when I and I can literally picture this Zoom call like it happened yesterday. Um, it was June of last year or two years ago. So I guess a year and a half. And I was like, yeah, my dog walks like I just love it. And I come up with my great business it is. And I could see his face like as I was talking, you could see it was like the light bulb kind of moment like and he kind of smirked at me. And then I kept talking like what else I like to do. I'm like, oh, I like to go to the movies by myself, um, not with other people. But anyway, and he was like, OK, your first thing that you're going to do. He did not tell me you need to work harder. You need to work. You need to do more. He literally said, and this is the one thing I love about this person. I'm not going to use his name. I've talked about him enough on my podcast. So if you listen to me, you'll probably know who I'm talking about. Um, but the, the what he literally told me to do is you now have to schedule in your a dog walk into your calendar every single day. And it's like you're non-negotiable. And he was like, that's part of your job. And I remember when I first when he first said that to me, I was so res- I had so much resistance. I was like, no, I can't. I need to work. I need to do more. I need to learn funnels and I need to learn ads and all this other bullshit. And but I but I started doing it like I it's and it's still in my calendar. Seven to eight is my dog walk, even though the actual time I don't actually usually walk my dogs from seven to eight. It's usually earlier. But like that's built into my calendar. And now after doing it for a year and a half and not consistently, I'll add, I think at first I did not do it. But once I started doing it and I was like, oh, yeah, like it, I do get good ideas. I'm like, oh, I do feel better and I do feel less stressed. But now a year and a half later, it I, it 100% is part of my job because when I'm on my dog walks, I literally have my uh, my phone out. I record 
I I will voice message myself on Voxer and I will literally like record out blog episodes that I trans I click a button, it transcribes it. I have an entire fucking like 2000 word blog episode written out that I did in my walk. I talk to my clients. I talk to people like you. I'll like just send voice messages. I come up with business ideas. I come up with content ideas all in my dog walk. So it is working. And I think the biggest thing is like we, I think we train ourselves like, and it's probably from like working the nine to five jobs. When you have a nine to five job, you sit at your fucking desk, you look at your computer and you're stuck there all fucking day. And like, you know, don't get up except to go to the bathroom or like, I keep swearing a lot right now. Um, But like we train ourselves because I think that's what we think we're supposed to do. But in fact, like if you have your own business, it's your rules, it's your business, but also like always do the shit that makes you feel better. And if if that's for you walking and recording, a, you could record a podcast episode on a dog walk. Like it doesn't have to be sitting in front of a microphone. It could be a scrappy, crappy one where you're doing it on your phone. Like who cares? Um, totally. But it's yeah. Very, so like that, what I wanted to make sure that I reflected back to you is the reason, the why that it works like that for you is because you're regulating your nervous system. And I know that's not how you ever thought of it. Cause when we first talked, you were like, what the hell is a nervous system? So you never, you weren't like, I'm going to go regulate my nervous system on my dog walk, but that is what you're doing. And that's how powerful this work is. And you, you said, if we rewind, what you said was, it's like the thing that's changed my business. Like, mm-hmm. so regulating your nervous system is that critical. Um, I want to go back to one other thing that you said too, is like you said, we, and I know you're just saying that like casually, but this is, again, this is that unconscious belief because it will come out in our language. You said like, we train ourselves by sitting at these nine to fives. We do not train ourselves. Mm-hmm. You're working in a system that's taught you that you're a human doing, not a human being. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. Yeah. So again, when we go back to childhood conditioning as children, we've grown up in this culture that's taught us you're a human doing. I mean, if you're a woman, you're taught, you need to be nice and sweet. You need to conform, but also compete. Mm -hmm. So be like everyone else, but also be unique and special. Like it's, it's a, it's an impossible double bind and we're brought up in this culture. And then when we're provided with this, like, little opportunity, like when it's suggested to us, like, what if you walked your dog every day? And that's part of your business. Like that's on your business schedule. Like that is part of your, that's your job. Literally you're supposed to go for a walk every day. You will notice this massive resistance come up. He's like, I can't possibly do oh, yeah. that. It took me so long to, to, yeah. to, to like accept that it took me yeah. so long. And even recently I was um, telling my husband, oh, I'm going to go for a dog walk. It was like maybe 10 AM. And he's like, don't you have to work? And he's done this multiple <laughs> times to me, multiple times. <laughs> and I was like, okay, dude. And I get like really angry. I'm like, whatever, Mr. Amazon, he works for Amazon. Um, I was like, look, I, I come up with great ideas when I'm on my walks. I get in a better mood. I will, you know, I do work things when I'm on it's a walk. It's a very productive time, but the key yeah. is you're not doing it to be productive, right? Like, it's not like, well, I'm going to go be productive by going on my dog walk. You just now no, have experienced just, enough that you know it that it happens. matters. That. Yeah. But even, even if, even if you didn't see, um, even if that wasn't your experience, like it's super productive. Cause for you, I know the kind of person you are, your super ideas and like all of this stuff. So that makes sense to me when yeah. I walk my dog, I'm not doing that quite as much. It does happen for you. Sometimes I have some of that energy. Mostly yeah. I'm honestly just taking in 
the, like, I'm a highly sensitive person. So I go to overstimulated very, very, very quickly. So even just like after we record this podcast, my routine is different than yours. I don't have a particular time I walk the dog or um, a particular length. It's more of a rhythm for me. And I know that I'm having so much fun recording this with you, but it's also very depleting energy wise. And I know you've said this yeah. as well, um, how much yeah. you love your membership or your group calls. Um, same for me. Like I love it so much, but I find it so depleting. Yeah. And so afterwards, when I, after I'm done a call or a podcast recording or whatever, mm-hmm. I take a break by walking my dog and we live, um, we have a forest behind us. And so I get to walk in nature every time and she's off leash and she has great recall. Um, she's not interested in anybody else's dog. Actually, she's only interested in me. So um, it's just super restorative for me. So I mostly experience my dog walking time is again, it's regulating, but in a different way, it just helps me to go and it gives back to yeah. me. So now I have more to give. So whatever that is for someone else listening, looking for opportunities to regulate your nervous system, looking for specific practical ways to do it, tapping is one tool. And also noticing like if there are things that you're finding resistance to, Mm-hmm. Like you were saying you felt so resistant to dog walking, but it is something you want to do in life. Like tapping is such a great tool for that because we probably, if we, you and I had worked together, we could have shrank the window between you being told like, this is part of your, this is your one assignment. You need to do this. And all that resistance you felt, we would have just been able to with ease, like really gently shrink that window because the resistance you were feeling it's again, it's valid. Like it's coming from somewhere. When I say valid, I'm not saying it's true. Those are two different words. I'm just saying valid. Like you're allowed to have those thoughts, those feelings, that resistance is there for a reason. And then we gently release it so that you can move on and do or have the thing that you want, be who you want to be. Right. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So it's, I love that you and I share that. And I hope that a very practical thing that everybody can do as a result of this episode is something that feels it brings them back into themselves and it brings them back into their bodies. What are some like, because I know for me and you, it's walking and and I also live amongst trees and all that. So Mm -hmm. I and it 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 really is like I I think the combination of just getting out, getting fresh air, um, looking at trees and nature and just smelling the like I live in Washington. I, I I know you live in British Columbia, but like right now when I walk around my neighborhood, it smells like Christmas trees. Like it literally smells like the spruce or pine or whatever. And for me, it's like this magical, like just perfection. I'm obsessed with it. But like for other people listening, what are some, and I know that you mentioned cooking and um, cooking, does I think not showering, but like <laughs> yeah, what are some uh, honestly, other people, nature, will help you, you got to get outside. And, um, so you don't have to go for a walk with your dog and it doesn't have to be for very long. And if you live in like New York city or a city that's really like, there is not much nature. I don't know. I've been to New York. They've, I mean, they do have some beautiful access, but, um, it might feel like it's harder somewhere else. So, All the research is showing like it all points towards being outside. So even if you're in a city being near trees, so like if you can get to a tree, just even for a little bit, even if you, even worst case scenario, okay, let's say you're not an outside person or you live like I'm in Canada where I live doesn't get very cold, but I'm from Saskatchewan. Yes. Saskatchewan. Go ahead. And you guys try and say that. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's the province no one can pronounce. Uh, Saskatchewan is like prairies in the in Canada. It's very cold. Like we have Celsius here, so like minus forty before wind chill is not unusual there in the winter. Oh my and, god! Um, so no, maybe you don't go outside very much if you've got those kinds of, or maybe it rains a lot, like Vancouver here, it's the rains a ton, whatever. That's okay. Like sit near a window and look outside at a tree, or do you have a plant? Like for real nature has healing properties Mm -hmm. and it is very regulating. You just have to actually um, cue your reticular activating system. You have to look for opportunities to be in it or experience it. You, what you want to do is like other little things you can do is close your eyes for just 30 seconds or a minute, we're taking in so much visual stimulation every single day. It's overwhelming. It's, you need a break from it. Close your eyes. Or like I said, look at something that is like restorative instead of stimulating. Um, If you have a dog or a pet that you love, like mindfully being in the presence of your child, your pet. Like when I pet my dog, most of the time I'm just sort of like, do, 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 do. And it is regulating actually, by the way, there's science to show like petting a dog is super regulating oxytocin. Totally bring your attention to it. And you just skyrocketed your own results. So like your experience of it will be even that much more impactful. One other practical thing people can do um, to So again, let's bring this back to affirmations, like affirmations. I think in the intent of affirmations is often to see what's possible because it is partly possible. Like it's partly true. And you want to look at that more than you want to look at the negative. Like you said, like money flows to me easily and freely. And also, um, you know, maybe there's a day and I don't get any of my strike notifications on one day, like, right. I don't know. So it would be, you can look at, oh, today was a zero strike notifications day. Or you can look at like how money is always there for me. Either one, like they're both true. This is the challenge of affirmations. Both of those things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is regulate your emotions about this truth, the truth that, oh, I didn't get paid today or whatever. Or like if you have a membership, you and I both have memberships, like when someone cancels, Right. Well, now my money went down. Like, that's okay. Like, so regulating your emotions with that and then focusing your energy and intention over here and like nurturing that belief that, but there's always more. There's always more. So really expanding to that. So if you want to be able to see more of what's possible, what you can do is, and you can do it right now, like on the podcast, as long as you're not driving, you need to be doing something safe. So being in a safe place, not driving or anything like that, probably not even walking your dog. Well, maybe, maybe that would be okay. Depends on where you are. So I want you to be really mindful and only do this if you're in a safe place to do so, but focus your gaze on something really like just anything in your room. I'm going to look at my one plant and you just want to focus your gaze, your attention on that one thing. So you have a focal point and you're focusing on it. So you're really looking hard at that one thing. All of your attention is going there. And now without moving your eyes, do not move your eyes, but widen your gaze and see more around you. So don't move your eyes from the focal point, but you're seeing on the edges of your vision, you're using your peripheral vision, you're seeing all that is around you right now, but without moving your eyes. Hmm. And then when you're done, you can bring it back. And just come back to listening to our voices. What did you experience, Carrie, when you did that? I didn't do it a hundred percent, I'll be honest, but I was looking at 
I should have warned you. I want you to do this too. So I can ask you what you thought of it. I bought this like spruce and pine little bundle from Trader Joe. So I was looking at that. It's sitting on my desk and I love it. But then I just saw more trees because out my window is like trees and trees and trees and trees. But that's really all I saw is trees. Which is fine. Like it's, it's not, again, there's, it's not a test to see how much did you see, but what hopefully what um, anyone listening experienced is you notice like a sense of expansion. Yeah. yeah. Notice uh, your awareness grow because you can actually see more, but what we tend to do is we narrow our focus. So when we're in stress, you get into tunnel vision. All you can see is what's in front of you. And again, it's biological. Like that's just how it is when you're in your stress response. So if you want to activate out of that and give yourself permission to see more of what's around you, just do that one little exercise. And uh, it takes like, what, 30 seconds, maybe less. And it's just a help, uh, like helpful little tool when you want to see more possibilities. I love that. It's very interesting. <laughs> okay. We have talked about a lot of interesting things. I feel like I've learned a lot and... Thank you for like explaining tapping so much better. Like it makes so much more sense now. And um, I feel like so many of us can definitely like benefit from that. And just in general, like the whole, the stress piece and there's just like so much to it. So, um, but tell everyone where they can like find you, how someone can work with you. Like, what do you offer for people? And yeah, just share people where people can find you. Well, I think like, hopefully some people want to give tapping a try. Like it's all well and good to like hear about how it's important to regulate your nervous system. And there's this really great self-applied tool and super easy and it works really fast, but so what, unless you actually do it, right. It doesn't matter. So I did create a free session. People can download to try and you can find it at experience.jackieacree.com. And I created it for starting your day. So you can use it at any time. Like it's fine. You don't have to start your day with this session. Like if you want to do it at another time, no big deal. But my intention with it is a lot of us are waking up um, feeling, you know, leftover stress from the day before or for who knows how long we've been carrying it or we're waking up feeling anxious, overwhelmed, um, scarce. Like I used to always wake up a little bit anxious and feeling like I didn't have enough time or energy for the day. Like I felt like I woke up and I already was behind. Hmm. And so that was a yucky way to start the day, right? Like now you're already going to have, like I said, that reticular activating system is going to be looking for evidence that's true. Oh, I'm always rushing. I can never get everything done. There's always too much to do. Everybody wants a piece of me. I used to feel like a blanket, that, you know, how like you pull a corner and it covers one part, but then the other part gets uncovered. Mm -hmm. There wasn't enough of me to go around. So that's the intention of this session. And again, if you don't have a high stress level, it will still work beautifully for you. It's fine. If your stress level is a one out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, it's totally fine. The session will meet you where you're at. It's called start your day calm, clear, and grounded. And it'll just help you to release any stress or whatever you're carrying. It'll help you to release that negative stuff without bypassing it. It's just going to help you to like acknowledge it, release it, and then move towards what you do want, which is feeling more calm or clear or grounded. Those positive things that we do all want to feel. So I would definitely suggest 
try it, have fun with it. It's free and it's only 10 minutes. And so that'll give people a really good um, read on whether this tool is a good fit for them or not. Because I mean, not all things are for all people, right? I do think it can work for everyone, but not everyone wants to go ahead and walk a dog. Would it help everybody? Maybe, but they don't all want to do it. So let's all find tools that support us. And maybe this is one for you, but you got to try it to know. So I hope that you go and grab that. You can also check me out on my website and I know it'll all be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And what other services do you offer? Mm, I do one-to-one, obviously super limited because there's only so much time in life. So, but I do love to work with people one-on-one. It's it's a, just a different way of working with somebody. I have two group programs. One is always open. It's called Being Human Together. And it's all about learning the skills of emotional agility, self-compassion, and stress resilience. So we work through like some course content. And we also have group coaching sessions that are focused on tapping. So that one's really fun. You can get that one any, anytime. But the other one that might be of interest to your audience is my goal trauma program. And so usually I only run that one in the summer. And so you definitely want to keep your eye on it if that's something that kind of, and again, the goal trauma conversation, I think like, if you have it, you know, it, it sort of like goes like, yeah, that sounds like something I might have. So it's usually, it's people who have like really worked hard. Like they've applied themselves to get somewhere and they've done all the things and still didn't get there. And now they're feeling like shit. They're like, it must be me. Like, what if it's me? What if I never get there? So we use tapping and self-compassion and really practical tools to, again, like release that and move on. Cause it's just an old story that is not going to serve you in any way. That one's usually in the summer. I've been playing with the idea of running it in winter of 2023, but I haven't decided yet, guys, you got to stay tuned. I don't know. Let me know if you want it. And then I'll decide, I guess. <laughs> too many fun things to do. That sounds like a really good program. I'm like, Oh, I probably need that. Um, yeah, it's a fun one. And I feel like it would be really, I've always wanted to do it in winter, but, um, you know, we always have different priorities. And so now I'm like, do I have the space to offer that one this winter? I feel like it really aligns well with that's something that we didn't get to talk about yet. Either is the whole new year, new me conversation. It it Uh, fits perfectly with this new year energy where we all start thinking like, okay, this is going to be my year. And then by January, like 21st, you're like, shit, I'm the same person with the same baggage. What do I do? So yeah, it's, uh, I am not here for the new year, new me thing. Um, I do love growth. Growth is one of my highest values. I'm so about learning and growth. I love all of that expansion. And of course we want to become, you know, our most authentic, amazing selves possible. But the truth is that you in any given day, your best is going to look different. And we've tend, like, we're kind of sold the idea that like consistency is the most important thing for your success. And you have to do it this way. And I've studied the habits of 10 billionaires and they all have this routine. And like, you're a, a beautiful individual who will have their own rhythm, their own routine. So I really want to encourage people to, um, and the root word of encourage means like put courage in. It's like, let's have the courage this year to follow our path to be true to ourselves and to trust ourselves, trust that, you know, like you and I have this deep connection to our intuition and our gut, like trust that intuition. And if you're somebody who doesn't feel like you have, you don't even know, like you don't even know how to listen to your intuition or you people come to me all the time and say like, I don't know how to trust myself. I have all this evidence that I can't trust myself. We can work with that. That's so sad. It's pretty common. 
And I mean, there's yeah. reasons again, like when, if you are somebody who has a habit of procrastinating a lot, then it's hard to trust yourself because you're like, but I have all this evidence of why, like, I'm not doing what I said I would do or goal trauma. Like, well, but I've set this goal every year, or I've had this goal to have $10,000 a month. I keep having this goal and I'm not hitting it. It's like, so they don't trust themselves. They're not the problem. They're not the problem, but we, we unintentionally gaslight ourselves. It must be me. What's wrong with me? So it's it's not you and there's nothing wrong with you. That's the key message to take home today. I love that. Well, thank you so much. This was so informational and I'm just excited about this episode. So thank you for sharing so much goodness and this is such a different um conversation that I've really ever had on the podcast. So I'm excited yeah, about it. Yeah, it was really fun. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot and uh, I always laugh with you. So I can't wait to continue to giggle and laugh all through 2023 and support each other. I love you Hi. and I love your work. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the podcast. So thanks for having me on. Thank you so much. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.